Hello and welcome to The Social, brought to you by The London Mags. I'm Simon and I'm joined by Freddie from The London Mags. Hi Simon, you're right. Good mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Over the, the blue Monday that we seem to have this week and looking forward to going again for Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, Monday was rubbish, wasn't it? Um, but also we are obviously joined by Tevin from the Irish Mags as well. How are you, mate? How are you doing, Simon? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, obviously good about Sunday. But sure, look, it is what it is. It's the first time we've been invited to a party, i.e. Manchester City's home game, and ended up <laughs> very sad. So, yeah. Um, but, I uh, know, look, we're fine. We're fine. Good. Form is good. So, that's all that matters. And team is striding. Where did you watch it, Tev? So, we watched in the Bleakers, as we usually do for games that we're not going over to. Um, so, the Bleak Street Bar in Dublin. And then a few of the other lads met kind of another local bars around um, Ireland. So, yeah. It was good. It was great. Um, obviously, while the lads there, obviously we were excited with kind of the Villa game, kind of seeing what we could do. But at the end of the day, we're, we're against nearly it's the best team in the world, you know. Yeah. And how was Bleaker's bar tab like? Obviously, I was over there for a pre-season game when we played and we, we, had, we might have had a bit of a lock-in. Um, can't be proved, can't <laughs> be denied. But basically, yeah, how's it, get, how's it getting on over there? Are you starting to see many numbers? How's the Irish fan base growing? I think it's grown, but I think we're very aware just in terms of the numbers that we have that because we're the Irish Mags, not everybody can make it to Dublin. But for the ones that can make it to Dublin, it is growing, it is thriving. I think Johnny Lee, who owns the bar, he used to work for the club in the 90s. So the the, the, the bar is kid in terms of Newcastle and Johnny's all all in favour for us to kind of get in and get the, the pre-match kind of atmosphere going. So it's really good. It's really great. It's growing. But... Like the big thing for us is just about the community, and now we have a house we can house our community in the Bleaker, so it's fantastic, you know. Um, that sounds, that sounds absolutely yeah. class to be honest, mate. Uh, what's your favorite bit of NUFC memorabilia of the Bleakers? So, there is a strawberry, there's actually there's actually a few things, there's a few old jerseys that are framed up from the 90s and kind of the 2000s, but then also there's a lot of kind of match kind of match day kind of shirts that Johnny has kind of fluttered all around and then I'll see the big war flags kind of the mini war flags kind of flag on on the walls as well so it's a it's like being in Newcastle for a moment when you're in Dublin and that's the nice thing you know, <laughs> you know? Um, the hangovers I like Newcastle as well let's just say <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can imagine I can imagine <laughs> um, so Tev you were at the Bleakers uh, Freddie over the weekend you were at one of our many spiritual homes uh, you are at Hamwell Town. Tell us all about that. Yeah, so for those that don't know, Hanwell Town is a football club in West London, which in the 1920s or 1930s, I believe, was actually started by a handful of Geordies that were down working on a railway, on a viaduct in West London. Um, so they play in black and white stripes and they're actually nicknamed the Geordies. So it's a non-league club. And basically, like we went down, we go down there quite a lot. We've got a big history with them. We play a charity game every year called the Geordie Cup, um, which is now getting bigger. So it's moved to the to the main pitch. So we play on there. So it's a, a great chance for our football team to play on like a proper pitch where international teams train. It's a really great football club. We do a lot of stuff with them over the course of the season. Um, so the thing about Hamwell really is that ev- on uh, Saturday, we were able to go down for um, their 3pm kickoff against Merthyr. And it was just a great day, really, because you end up meeting fans that have travelled down from Wales. They're not so you found out that they're not so happy about the Cardiff rebrand. So a lot of people have moved on to different lower 
non-league clubs, etc. Got to find out a bit more about the Welsh Prem, got a bit to find out about how teams, it's easier for them to travel in England rather than going to North Wales. All in all, a great day of just meeting new people. Whenever we go to Hamwell, everyone just looks after us so well. So me and Malcolm came down, who's the secretary of the London Mags, and we did a bit of half-time media for them as well on their commentary, just telling people about what we do and kind of just being expanding and open to members. And then after that, Unfortunately, it was a 4-1 loss. The keeper definitely should have been sent off, by the way. He was miles out of his uh, out of his box and he's handled the ball and there was no one behind him or anything. And it was like, oh my goodness. But I think because they were 4-1 down, the ref just gave it as a yellow. So they've got away with that lightly, to say the least there. Um, but it was quite funny. The thing with non-league is you can have a little bit of banter with the managers on the touchline. So, um, yeah, yeah Hamwell was always a great day. And then we went on to the Dolphin, obviously, for the match. That's pretty amazing. I think uh, one of the things that I've like loved learning about the supporters clubs is just how many things we are related to. And obviously, Hamwell was one of them where it just sounds like it's such a laugh. And it's also just a nice little outlet for, you know, football fans to actually go and play football with with people who also support your team so oh, it sounds really good mate and it's obviously if you people want to get involved how do they go about it well to be honest with you you can come down at various points in the season we will offer members to NUSCL um, discounts at the bar because we do kind of like um, we just nicknamed it the Geordie doubleheader to be honest with you so if we've got a 3pm kickoff um, at Hanwell we'll go, you'll go down that see some live football for non-league and then if we're on the telly for 5.30, then they'll put it on in their bar. So it's kind of like, obviously, you get two games. You pay your match fee, which is like a tenner. And then obviously, you, we might arrange like £4.50 pints for people. Something that you just don't get in London. I know that might sound alien, but certainly for London and for Dublin, I'm sure Teb agrees. So the price of a pint is through the roof. So anything we can do on that makes a difference. Yeah. The one thing I, I would that. say on Hanwell is actually that the football team are going to be training on, their, on the pitch behind Hanwell on Monday, on the bank holiday. So that'll be a couple of days uh, after this comes out. So if anyone does hear this and wants to get involved, just speak to us on our WhatsApp chats um, because we'll be holding training there and then watching the 3pm on Monday. I think it's fantastic that the London Mags do that as well because as, as we know in terms of sports club, it's not just about kind of watching the game. It's actually the community element. So for you guys to have the football, to have sports and social, it's fantastic to kind of get people involved. So I echo this and even... We're looking at it in terms of Irish matters to kind of get more involved in terms of other stuff, whether it's events, whether it's sports. It's just about growing that community. So I echo the London London Mags and how well it's fantastic, you know. Do you go to a League of Ireland match or is this is there something what's the equivalent in Ireland that you could do kind of as a double head a day or on the off chance? Have you guys thought about that? The League of Ireland, but here's the thing, Irish fans and League of Ireland, they're very <laughs> cutthroat. So if I support Bowes or I support Shelburne, I hate Rovers, so the Irish I can feel London. I, I can feel Irish members bubbling up as you say this right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We've definitely alienated half okay. our audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a cheating problem. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. No, it's, it's really good to know that these sort of options are available for fans yeah. as well. Um, so love the work you're doing, boys. Um, also, uh, Freddie, the Dolphin, we've got a new flag. We've got a new slash old flag, Simon. I don't yeah. know. It's been a massive unveiling. Those on, on Twitter might have seen this this weekend, but all summer I've been working with our chairman, Martin, um, to try and track down a big historic flag. The best way I can describe it is it's literally the size of a full-size football goal. 
Um, I don't know whether to call it our surfer flag or just a mega flag or whatever it is, but it's huge. Um, I managed to track it down after visiting a fair few places this summer, but it's actually the flag that hasn't been out in about 15 to 20 years. It's been sat in, in an old member's garage, but since the club's getting bigger and the kind of rejuvenation of everything that we're doing, I've managed to track it down and I've just been waiting for that moment to unveil it really. So we did have 10 of our lads at about 6pm outside the Dolphin on Saturday night on two of the highest ladders we could find in the cellar in the Dolphin, attaching that up to the wall of um, the primary school on Argyle Street. So <laughs> of Argyle Primary School up there on, um, on Tombridge Street. So it, it got up there, it got tied down with two paint cans. Um, if anybody tells you that support club life is glamorous, that's the very reality of it. But it did look <laughs> great. And it was so nice to see people coming down, members and non-members, and taking photos in front of it. It felt like a booth at a wedding, you know? Yeah, mate, that's fantastic. I love mm. the idea that uh, schools usually hang their Ofsted report on the side, <laughs> and this one's got this massive, giant Newcastle United flag. But we, we love to see it, and it does look amazing, so check it out on Twitter. Um, mm. God, you boys both had uh, lovely weekends by the sounds of it, and obviously in the couple of days afterwards, we've, uh, we've got ourselves a new, a new left back. So yeah. take all the misery we found from Saturday night against Man City and let's pour all the positivity into Lewis Hall. Um, what are you thinking, Tev? Are you excited for him? Yeah, I'm happy. It's, and I've seen someone on Twitter that was actually really funny that like, it was like Eddie Howe, only signs players that kind of look like him. So if you see, <laughs> <laughs> if you actually see Eddie Howe... And that Lewis is kind of true. It looks yeah. like Eddie Howe 20 years back. And then obviously he didn't sign um, Matt Ritchie as well, but they all look the same. So... <laughs> By the end of 2025, we're just going to have multiple younger players that look like Eddie Howe. It's funny. <laughs> but back to kind of like the need, I think it's a great sign. And obviously, he's he's a Geordie, but he's quality as well. Like, we're looking at a player that yeah. broke through to Chelsea squad last season and he made his debut against us. And I thought he was really impressive. Um, Chelsea being Chelsea as a business, not as a club, you know, like they let go about 15, but I think they let go of a gem. And I think that's it's our kind of gem to have, you know. So I think he'll do fantastic. And I think. In terms of looking to the future, in terms of how Eddie looks at the squad, I think now we have Livermento and we have kind of Hall. They're great players to be understudies in terms of Trippier, in terms of Byrne. Um, I know a lot of people are hate Byrne, but just remember we had the best defence last season. So, do you know, I think it's just adding to the squad, adding to the depth. And, yeah, another player that looks like Eddie Howe. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what more could we ask for? Um, Fred, what do you think about the uh, the... Dan Byrne discourse. I mean, I personally love the man. I think he's an absolute legend. Mm. Um, I don't want him to really be displaced from the team, to be honest. I think it's just good that he has backup. The one player I feel really bad for is dear sweet Matty Target, our little <laughs> our little angel, because he's probably not going to get a little get a kick in now. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about the Dan Byrne Lewis Hall situation? I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I feel exactly the same about Matty Target. I, all I've got in my head is is the beginning of Bruno's diving header goal to win it against mm. Leicester at home last oh two seasons ago now. God, that's going back, yeah. isn't it? God, time flies when you're massive. But I think um, I would just say <laughs> that <laughs> I would just say that I just say I can keep thinking about when he started off that move and then pushed it to Willock and, and really turned it round on the byline like. It's a problem that we had last season in that Eddie doesn't really... You have to play your way into the team, but if you're good enough and you're performing, you don't really lose your spot. So it's a question that's just been looming over for quite some time. But listen, 
I do still think a lot of people are going to get a game here. We've got, okay, six more games is not a massive thing. But when you take into account the FA Cup, which we went out in the third round last year, you know, to Sheffield Wednesday away when we really shouldn't have done. So even based on last year, we're going to have more games. So I know we went very far in the Carabao Cup, etc. But if you take into account everything that we're doing, there is room. And also look at what happened with Isaac and with Wilson at the end of last season. Once that competition came in from January onwards and Wilson wasn't really scoring and Isaac came in between the two of them, it's driven the team forward. So it's nothing to be afraid of. Competition is good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and actually, that was one of the things that I took away from the uh, the Man City game, which we'll go into now. But you look at, I mean, we lost 1-0 at Man City against a team that had just won the treble. Uh, and I mean, I think that's it's obviously not the result we want, but it's certainly not an embarrassment. Um, and the main thing I took away from it was just the, the squad depth. Like Man City squad, there's this bizarre myth that it's not actually that strong when you look at the 15 players like collectively, uh, and like more players on the, the bench, but they can literally afford to take off world-class players and put world-class players on, and very few teams are able to do that. But signing players like Lewis Hall obviously just completely adds to our own squad depth, and I do think it's stronger than it was uh, this time last year. So let's chat about Man City. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the result we wanted. We will get into it, but before the game, there was a little bit of a fiasco. Uh, which one of you wants to take that? Well, I think it's um, we're all aware at the moment. I'm sure people have seen this on Twitter, but the ticketing situation isn't getting any easier. Now, yeah. there's lots of different voices here from lots of different places in the fan base. The one kind of key voice that I would say is missing at the moment is really the club. Um, just to kind of fill in listeners from the supporters clubs across the Irish Sea and, you know, in England as well. What's kind of been going on is that the club are very keen to make to answer the question of whether tickets are being passed on, i.e. whether somebody on 300 loyalty points is buying tickets to collect the points, but then is selling them on to somebody who has no loyalty points, in order so that they can go to the match. Now, all of this sounds fine, sharing tickets within friends and family, but the big problem is the people that are maybe on 0 to 50 points that are season ticket holders that are kind of frozen out of buying tickets to games. So the club's been trying to tackle this solution. However, what it's kind of gone about and done is it's had two consultations within that were, uh, before the season in the summer. So you had one consultation, which was for season ticket holders. You then had one consultation, which was... Um, about away tickets so one was about home one was about away the club was there to listen to lots and lots of voices however after those two consultations kind of sweeping changes have just come across all i yeah. would say on this is that what what remains to be seen really is still that it still remains to be seen however fast forward to man city there were reports of people within travel groups um not being buying their tickets together etc and it might be father and son but then being in different tiers and different levels of stands which obviously doesn't do a lot really for like safety of un under 18s within a ground and that can be quite a stressful experience what the club tried to do was do random spot checks where you put in your ticket in the turnstile it would be red and it would say you've been highlighted to go to the box office and present some id some photo id now What's kind of gone on since then is a lot of feedback, as there were reports that some people did have photo IDs but weren't let in. There were reports that lots of people went to the box office in advance because they saw that their tickets were in different parts of the ground, but were told that there was nothing they could do by the ticketing staff. Other reports as well was that 
there was a, a random report where two lads went up and got told to go to the box office and decided that they didn't want to go. But the police then kind of made sure that they went, which, again, it feels very far removed from what's kind of legally necessary for going to a football match. I am aware yeah. that there was support liaison officers at the ground on the Saturday. So to be clear, they were there. However, they didn't feel the presence really from the, the actual fans attending the game. There's very mixed reports about what happened at City. Lots of people saying no checks, absolutely fine. Didn't see people getting checked. However, there are a handful of horror stories going around from people saying that this has been an absolute nightmare. I would say the general feeling across the board at the moment is that the people are not necessarily so happy with the club making sweeping changes and not being there to communicate it. There was an email that went out the night before Man City, which didn't really say too much and said that there would be ID checks and to prepare, but then people's names weren't on tickets. So they were kind of thinking, well, how is this even going to work? Basically, there's a lot of communication. And when it comes to the supporters' trust, I think it's really important to note that the trust who do a lot of work with the club around representing fans and their members, it's only £1 to join, by the way, um, so everyone can have a voice in the trust, kind of became the unofficial club ticketing customer service over the weekend. People didn't feel like the club was there for them when they needed, and it felt like the trust was doing it. And what you're seeing on Twitter at the moment is a bit more of a backlash on the trust, thinking that maybe they were part of it. So the trust kind of this week have had to release a statement saying, that they actually weren't anything to do with this, that they fundamentally disagree and that think a lot of this needs work. Um, but they're having to take that up with the club. So unfortunately, I think for the next few weeks, we will be caught up in the home and away ticket scenarios that are coming out on Twitter. The club do need to change stuff. However, they could be a little bit more communicative about what's actually happening on the door and at ground. Because at the end of the day, people just need to get into the match. We can't have people missing kickoffs. I think the big thing that Freddie's saying is about communication. I think if you're trying to solve a problem, your solution shouldn't add to another problem. And I think with the sweeping change that the club has done, I think there's more questions than answers, if you know what I mean. And I think the answers are being not being given by the club, as Freddie said, they're being given by the trust. So it's just about clear communication in a timeline that suits all. As these changes are fast, like there's going to be questions, but it seems to me it's not as a trial-by-trial basis, but it seems to me every weekend there's going to be something new. So it's something that does need to be communicated from the top down rather than communicated by kind of groups like the Trust. You know, I think the club should be giving us information so we we feel comfortable when we're going to games, if we're like if I'm going to a game with somebody younger or friends and family that we know exactly where to go, where it's a bit 50-50 when we're going to stadiums. It's like, oh, will I get in? Will I not? Do I need to bring my ID? Where really and truly it should be a simplified process to get into a stadium once I have a ticket you know yeah and I think just to clarify uh, I know Teb can say this as well but so far on any ticketing conversations NUSCL committee or board hasn't been contacted or hasn't been um, asked for feedback or consulted on any of the changes that are happening Um, we're happy to give feedback towards the club Um, however just to specify to any members that might be listening to this um, we're about in the dark as it, at, at the moment as this, as you are. Um, however, all the information that we get, we will consistently update. And of course, we use the trust um, in order to voice any concerns alongside ourselves, which we can do with our direct relationship with the football club. It's just really frustrating, isn't it? I mean, I feel like the changes probably did need to happen. And to an extent, I do feel sorry for the club because you can only really... You, you can put plans in place and then you won't really know 
if your plan's working until the season starts. Yeah. Uh, and also the communication from what we've had from the club in the last 18 months, almost two years, is so much better than what we had before, but it still does need to get better because, yeah, like Freddie said earlier, you can't have people missing kickoff. Um, but hopefully it will all get resolved uh, very soon. Uh, I really appreciate you boys breaking back down. Um, let's let's get into like the initial match feedback. Um, Freddie, did we play well? It's an interesting one, isn't it? I think, of course, we played well. Of course, we played well against who we played against. But I think the, fr- the fan frustration seems to be um, that we didn't land a glove. And I think that's what we, we've had such high expectations now based on what we've been shown week in, week out, which is incredible. I think we've just got to remember exactly where we went to. We went to the champions who won the treble uh, yeah. last season. Um, and I think it's a, very, it's, it's a fine line because I think, A, we did well to keep it to one in terms of like who we played against, you know. A lot of teams will go there. Not saying that that's how the game went, because that's how we, we played well. So it was good. Um, a lot of teams will go there and get battered 5-6-0 this season. So at the end of the day, 1-0, OK, you take it. If we were at home and, and we were scoring, I think the game could have been incredibly different. But I think the way to kind of analyse that at the moment is that, yeah, it's not nice to kind of say we kept it to one. But just look how far we've, we've come. And it also highlights as well how much we need to do, um, you know, in those positions. And I know you probably want to talk about Amaron a little bit. I thought Gordon looked good. I think maybe it sort of highlights some other areas, but there's teams that need to, there's there's players that need to play their way into this team here, and it's not a done deal yet. And I think the second game of the season to go to City away, the boys will be frustrated they didn't land a glove. So I think just watch how they react at home to Liverpool on Sunday. I I actually cannot wait for Sunday. Um, Tev, um, Freddie mentioned Amaron. He was getting a lot of stick on Twitter, and it kind of annoyed me. Uh, what were your thoughts? I think I'm going to use a quote from Bruno that he put on Twitter. People have small memories in terms of what we've done and what individuals have done, you know. So the likes of Almiron, yes, maybe decisiveness, but like, like it's not just his fault. Do you know what I mean? Like we could have been, we could have laid a glove. And I think people forget as well during the City game, we had six or seven yellow cards. It's really hard to lay a glove when people are scared to get red cards, you know, especially with the Premier League now that there's left for red cards, there's two yellows every everywhere that people are getting. So. I think in terms of Miggy, yes, he can be more decisive. Is it a case that if we want to get better, we can improve the right side? Yes. But I don't solely yeah. put on him. I just think it was just it was Manchester City's first game since they've won the FA Cup and also Champions League at home. You could see the party that they were having. It was their first home game. Like obviously their tails are going to be up. Regardless if they have injuries or not, they didn't make a substitution. I think Pep even said if they went toe to toe versus Manchester City and Newcastle United, we would have slaughtered them. And Pep is saying that. So we need to take it with a pinch of salt. I know there was a civil war in the Irish Mark group chat on, on Sunday. And <laughs> um, not just about, about everybody, about Joe Linton and about that. And I was talking to my one of the Irish Marks, uh, Alan Williamson, about it. And we're kind of saying, look, like these things will happen. When we go toe to toe with the best, we will lose one nil. But it's not like before with Bruce losing five four or five. Do you know? Yeah. So I think the conversation about Almiron, yes, but like people are fickle in terms of their memories. Can we perform better? Yes, but I think let's 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 go to Liverpool at home and let's see what people say then, you know, because as Freddie said, I think that they're in for a good a hard time. They're in for a hide and hopefully. But I think I'd <laughs> I'd agree and I'd I'd say also just I think in general from the London Mags chat over the weekend that I don't think many people were actually criticizing the lads. I think it's what comes from Twitter and I think it's what comes mm. from 
people just wanting engagements and wanting to talk and always wanting to have their say. And I think also once you hear something negative, people amplify it and go, oh, I can't believe yeah. people were saying it. And it's like, well, how many people were actually saying it in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think all together, um, people are kind of know that we're on the right track. And like I say, Liverpool's going to be some game. Yeah, for sure. And also, I feel like uh, uh, the short memories thing Bruno spoke about is pretty accurate. Like, Almiron, I think, is 80% what Freddie... Freddie? Freddie Howe, I went with. Hey! Yes. That's the nickname. That is the nickname I've been trying to think about. That's Freddie it, Freddie Howe, that's it. We got it. Don't you do right. it. Cheers, cheers, lads. I'm done. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Miggy, uh, I think he is... 80% of what Eddie Howe needs uh, and what Eddie Howe wants. Um, and yeah, it just kind of bothered me to see him get a little bit of a stick on social, which, yeah, I, I do also agree that maybe not many people were saying it because he's on Twitter is a bit amplified. Um, and then obviously a couple of days later, NUFC 360, whack on Twitter. Is it mm. time that we start giving individual <laughs> players some stick after that performance? And it's like, well, no, fuck off. We lost 1-0. <laughs> away to Man City, possibly one of the greatest football teams we've, we've seen. And then I'm kind of, I'm actually pleased Bruno called him out on it. Um, he's since deleted the tweet, but if anyone uh, didn't read it, then yeah, you should definitely Google it because it's very interesting. And it was basically him shutting him down. Um, I, think, I, think yeah. he's, I think he's deleted it because he probably knows how much of a pile on it's going to be now against whoever, against whoever that is, yeah. which I think is, is another thing to think about as well. I know we talk a lot about community, we're, yeah. we're not it's a supporters club we're, we're kind of we can have a laugh at twitter and things like that but you can see very quickly how it's just a lot of negativity isn't it and actually a lot of not a lot of meaning stuff and in the real world it's it's a lot more positive but you can also notice as well these footballers are on social media they're looking at the content that we're posting i feel like sometimes yeah, yeah. in terms of the nufc 360 and other blogs it feels like oh we'll post this content and other players will hear about it do you know they are on social they are humans as well do you know mental health is important but like Bruno might be reading that and be like, Jesus, I just ran the most in the game, you know, and yeah. like people are slaying me. So, you know, that affects people's feelings. So like fair play to him. Obviously from a PR point of view, you probably, <laughs> probably toss <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. His representatives are like, uh, yeah, sign out, sign out, Bruno. Um, my general rule is if I saw him in the pub, would I say something? And if the answer is yes, then fair enough. Cause it's probably not going to be the worst thing you've ever said. Uh, mm. And if it's no, then do not tweet it. A little bit of, <laughs> Uh, internet housekeeping for you. Can you, can you come um, to the Dolphin on Saturday nights and just tell me that <laughs> while I've got my phone in my hand, please, from the London Mags account? <laughs> Tink before it's you probably, tweet. <laughs> it's probably quite a good idea, isn't it? So that was the Man City game. Um, final bit of news really in the last week was the uh, something which I'm very, very excited to talk about. Uh, lads, we've signed up with Adidas again. How amazing is this news? I think it's just a really exciting step in the right direction for Newcastle and the, the marketing team. One of the things that I took away from the second episode was uh, of the documentary was just how far behind we are, the likes of Arsenal and the other teams mm -hmm. in the top six from our revenue and bringing in a sponsor like Adidas to supply our kit and sponsor our kit. The Castor deal is supposed to be rumoured between five to seven million pounds a year. To put that into context, like Spurs is Nike, um kit deal is rumored to be 30 so mm. if even if newcastle's adidas deal is between 15 and 20 
that's additional revenue which we're really really going to benefit from um so it'd be good to good to get your thoughts uh tev initially on the adidas deal are you are you pleased to see the three stripes come back i think it's fantastic i think the one thing i'll say is cc ffp and then cc that person who made the blunder amazon oh, um, yeah. for releasing the <laughs> you've got your marketing <laughs> head on and i love it it's so good because that was so like so good you know like the irish mags we are delighted we'll be seeing it straight away and um, but like it's fantastic for us just in terms of like just the nostalgia of it you know like a lot of the lads yeah. i don't think freddie will say the same like we all buy retro kits and especially the adidas kits like we probably wear retro kits more than kind of the new york kits but just to have that back to see where we're going it just fits i think freddie will say the same it just it fits you know yeah i think my first kit was the the one with the blue outline for the which was the one we won the 99 cup final and then played in the season after. And then you had the white version as well. The white and green, which everyone said we'd, we've never done a white and green away kit before. But of course we have. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I think following that straight into the Champions League year. And I think we're all saying, aren't we? Oh, we're, we're all saying this. The best one is the NTL V-neck um, yeah. Champions League kit. When the, also the away strip as well just had that. was the kind of grey with the, with the navy blue down, stripe down the middle. That that kit really, those those years were stuff that a lot of people didn't get because obviously with Mike Ashley, you know, like we're all of a certain age, lads, um, where we'll remember those and we did have good times. We did have Bobby Robson, you know, we had Rod Hullet as well, but you know, like six of one, half a dozen of the other. But we had those good years which which a lot of the young kids didn't get. And to be getting Castor kits, which don't arrive in time to be honest with you. I'm still chasing down an away kit for something like this. <laughs> it's just an absolute <laughs> nightmare. And I think that is a joke. It is. It is a complete joke. And I think you know we deserve more as fans. I would say though, did everyone's WhatsApps just start blowing up around midday on Saturday? Was that it? Because it was. I swear. I mean, I was getting ready to go out. I was actually folding that massive flag and washing some water bottles that I needed to take to the dolphin because that's how sad my life is but it was literally i just saw my phone blow up and it's like episode three and four are out and i was like why would they do that why have yeah. they done this so it didn't really make any sense but then within three hours you had the adidas partnership announced so it was absolutely hilarious it brightened up our saturday and was probably the highlight to be honest with you because the match was poor yeah for sure um it was it was very strange how quickly it was uploaded and then pulled um, I imagine that person has been sacked. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not great. Right. Maybe it was um, a ploy, though, because I did read something on on Twitter that Peter Silverstone, years ago at Arsenal, did exactly the same. In, not leaked it, but announced it in September, like a year forward, even though the current deal was on with Puma when he was at Arsenal. So, really interesting what's going on behind the scenes at the moment. Um there's never a dull day, is there, boys? I can imagine the, the group chats or the emails from Castor that Saturday or Sunday be like, oh, yeah, Les, oh, I know you're on the annual leave. Could you just jump on a call like, <laughs> now? <laughs> so it turns out we lost Newcastle. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, right, let's move on to Liverpool before we wrap up. Um, I feel like you guys are very excited for the game on Saturday. We're getting mm. nothing but positive vibes. What are we thinking? I just, I just think because we're at home, I still don't think we're over. I mean, look, we said this last season when uh, Isaac's second goal, I think, got disallowed and we went on to lose 2-1. Uh, 
in the 759th minute um, <laughs> of that time, uh, because of, because that's how it works. There'll be even more now. Um, mm. And I think we said, look, when they come back to ours, it's going to be different. And then, of course, Nick Pope got sent off and, and missed the final. Yeah. So, listen, I think I'll just take it back a bit for my own sanity about the positivity. But I think at the top of the season, with it still being good weather, um, and it being a sort of late-ish kickoff on a Sunday with a bank holiday Monday, I think St James's Park is going to be absolutely rocking. And I just think that we don't play anyone with any fear anymore. We don't play with fear. So the only thing that that, that would give it more likelihood of uh, of a win, I think, is the fact that the result on Saturday, losing by a goal there and not landing a glove, says the mm. boys are going to come out fighting. Um, so either way, it's going to be an amazing game. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. A few of the Irish mags are going on Sunday, but as kind of already said, I think from last week losing against Manchester City, I think you think you're going to see a very vicious, a very straightforward kind of Newcastle team that are going to look to kind of blitz them in the first half. Obviously, we need to respect Liverpool, but then we're a big team now. It's not like, you know, oh, we don't have a strength, we'll hit them on the counter. We can hit them with anything really on Sunday. So I think it's about having kind of faith in the team, faith in Eddie as well. Um, I think I might nominate myself on Nick Pope watch on Sunday just to kind of make sure <laughs> he doesn't get any loose thoughts because, oh God, when he leaves his box, I, <laughs> I still get heart palpitations. Yeah. Um, but no, I think we'll do good. I think, look, I think, and there's a lot of players there that like will be playing. I don't know if Joe will be available, but I'd love it. I'd love if Amaran scored on Sunday. I'd love it. I'd love know? it. I'd love I'd it, love you know, it. but... Let's see you anyways. Um, we'll be supporting the lads on anyways. But I think from the Villa game being there previously, I think with the atmosphere and where we're going, I think, yeah, Liverpool, let, let, let's see what we can do there, you know. Um, lads, before we wrap up, I did promise you some nicknames, didn't I? Um, Freddie Howe has obviously been <laughs> dropped into the conversation. <laughs> uh, it's going to be hard to beat, but let's go with Freddie's first. We obviously have Freddie Howe, which I actually secretly quite fucking love. Um, mm. This one... Only really depends if you've got any sort of Belgian in you, Freddie. But I was thinking, Freddie, the Belgian bun. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, like the, I like the effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any Belgian in you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I probably have Belgian beer in it. <laughs> no, no Belgian at all. I'm like Scottish and Irish, really, if anything. That doesn't really work. Okay, well, we'll get rid of Freddie the Belgian. Uh, I also thought, and this one does work, because if you spend any time with Freddie, you'll know that he's one of the nicest, coolest people you could ever meet. <laughs> I thought, Freddie the Iced Bun. Yeah, man. Like, Simon, we've got <laughs> we to work on this, bro. We've got to work on this. This <laughs> is... Fun. You know, this is. Do you know what this 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 just calls for us getting some guests on, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> it really does. Two episodes in, oh, no. and we're struggling already. Yeah. Um, there could be there could be one Frediola. Too soon. Frediola, maybe. I mean, these are these are all lovely things. Um, <laughs> like, I don't maybe know. Freddy. I Freddy's don't, a nice name. I don't know how to uh, make you feel better about these ideas, but <laughs> <laughs> you're doing you're doing such a great job at like not showing your disdain for me to be honest so uh i think we'll go with freddie howe freddie howe works and obviously like <laughs> we discussed it last week but uh tevin keegan i couldn't wish to be in better company than tevin keegan and freddie howe i mean those are literally two of my dinner dates so it doesn't... Oh, right. well, we're, we're turning the tables oh, on this now aren't we tev <laughs> <laughs> yeah. week, isn't it? 
I, yeah, I think we need to. I think I got a query in from one of the Irish mags last week, kind of saying, Tevin, is your actual name Keegan? So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, thank you. Uh, thank you for today. Everyone, thank you for listening. And also, thank you for the lovely messages that I got sent to me directly um, and just put in the various supporters groups. People seem to really enjoy the first episode. So thank you for listening. Uh, Freddie, plug the socials. And then, Tev, you plug the Irish lads as well. Yeah, at the London Mags. Um, yeah, just, just follow us there and we'll be in the Dolphin on Sunday. Yeah, and then ours is just in terms of I am on Twitter, it's Irish Mags. And then my personal one is to an Irish on, on, sorry, on X. And then obviously you'll <laughs> find us in the Bleakers and everywhere else in Ireland and probably the stadium on the Sunday. Love to see it. Cool. Um, only thing left to say is, ho way the lads. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> See ya. See ya.